Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We have managed to reawaken ourselves after watching Liverpool versus FC Midland in one of the worst games of football I can remember seeing. But the games are coming a bit thick and fast even for us this weather. So uh, we're going to cover Sheffield United as well, um, because realistically, we've probably got like 10 minutes of football worth to talk about in that game we just watched this evening. So to go through the trauma and absolute disdain of having to sit through that 90 minutes of horrific football, I've got Beryl Akis in the Netherlands. Beryl, how are you this evening? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, uh, and I, I, I wasn't amused watching the football today, um, but uh, yeah, we got the win, so there is a silver lining. <laughs> there, there is a silver lining, it's true. I've also got Neil Patterson in Berlin. Chief, how are you? Yeah, similar, I guess. I mean, just given all the circumstances and and everything that's that's gone on, just just generally glad that we got the wins uh the wins on the board and that we're sitting here talking from from a position of strength but uh otherwise grand otherwise grand like uh getting older yes you uh, celebrated your 40th birthday happy birthday chief cheers cheers uh yeah officially officially over the hill now so but, uh, I, let's be honest if you look back you're probably over the hill from about the age of 28 so yeah but it's you know it's a, it's official now it's not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're all, you're you're halfway down the hill now. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, but I all good. So we'll get into this. And... Good man, and um, I've also got uh, our our Champions League starter, uh, Johnny Henderson in uh, in Belfast. Johnny, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Greetings, um, Chief. There, he's he's a bit like Michael Owen, isn't he? Suffered burnout at an early age. He's just over <laughs> <laughs> years now. <laughs> Suffered burnout at an early age, tried to solve his problems by moving abroad. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh dear. All right. So um Johnny Johnny, let's let's start with Sheffield United. Um uh we tweaked it, we, we went four two three one. Um uh, everybody got really excited because it was <laughs> Jada, Salah, Mane, Firmino. Um, and I thought, I saw I saw like bits and pieces of it and I was listening to it on the radio and I attempted to watch it through a stream that I just gave up on because I had all kinds of CD pop-ups arriving on, on, <laughs> on, on, on the tablet. Um and if I had to continue to watch it through, through the entirety of the match, I probably would still be watching it now. So, um, started well. Um, a really good chance. Um, Manny went to keeper and almost slides it across to Salah. But then they seemed to get to get a grip of the game and and they got the penalty. It's another just just, just another VAR catastrophe. Um, and we don't we don't play particularly well, but as Liverpool do in, in these early games of most seasons, we, we come away with, we come away with the win. Um, and I suppose 
you know, if it's if it's Sheffield United last season, you're looking at that going happy days. But they're they're the points that they have on the board maybe mask that a little bit. It, it is hard to watch a game when you've got hot forty plus mouths in your area coming up along the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it was distracting. It was distracting. Yeah, yeah. especially when the missus is sitting there in the background. <laughs> What's that? What's that on that screen? <laughs> it's Diego John. I love. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I think some people. You see the names on the sheet, don't you, before it, and you're thinking, oh, that's good, going for it here, a bit of firepower, we're trying to blow them away. But, of course, the reality is it's never like that. And I think when you're, when you're Liverpool and you're playing, it's such a, such a fluid system that's so well known to the players, you know, and, and you've basically stuck with that 4-3-3 and Firmino dropping and Manny and Salah going inside. It's a massive adjustment when you go to that because the whole basis of what Liverpool do is that three in midfield who cover everything so well, allowing the fullbacks to get forward. And it was just disjointed, Dave, like you say. I mean, it started quite well. I mean, I did manage to get a watch the replay of it back. Um, started quite well. Looked pretty, pretty good in the opening minutes. You know, Trent looked sharp. You know, that's something that's been a positive out of the last couple of games. Um, but then, you know, they they grow under a little bit. Var, I mean, there's no point even talking about it, is there? I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a foul. <laughs> I think that's the thing that no one can get their head right. Uh, the only thing apparently they reviewed was was it on the line, and no one bothered to say, well, actually, mate, <laughs> you might want to have a look here. He got the ball, and um, and then it's it's a struggle. There's a nervousness, and um, you know, got brings in the whole Van Dyke thing and. You know, McBurney, who's a strong player, but he's limited. You know, they were they were going direct, they were going to him, and he he gets another good chance. And it takes us it takes us a long time to get going. It takes us a long time to settle. Equalizer comes pretty much against the run of play, and then second half we're better, we're more fluid, and we managed you know we managed to eke it out. But no, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't convincing. I suppose Jada's the big Jada's the big plus. You know, he's showing he's a real he's a real goal threat and he's doing what basically, you know, what the heat maps were showing he he'd done for Wolves. He gets into these positions a lot. And on a team like Liverpool he's gonna get in there and he's probably gonna get the ball more often than he did at Wolves. So that was the positive. But I mean it was a grind. Uh, it, it was a it, it was a very difficult game and it was just good to get over the line. Um, with the three points, um, and the system didn't work, and we'll, we'll come to it on tonight's game as well, the, the Michelin game. But I just think we struggled for that fluidity with the two in midfield. It just doesn't feel the same. Um, doesn't feel like we've got the same control. Doesn't feel like we get the same output from the fullbacks. Um, from three, don't seem to get us involved. So when everything's better off like that, you're just glad to get the points. Yeah, it's. I think Beryl Johnny makes a good point there, particularly about the fullbacks. That they're inhibited because they don't have that extra protection, and it's it's difficult more so this season than any other season because there's literally no time to do any work on the training ground. So you know, the, 
this has been thrown together more so for you know availability, um, protecting players' fitness and conditioning. And you know, Klopp mentioned after after the Ajax game that it was pretty much the medical department um, picked the lineup, and I, we're going to see that a lot from now on. So, you know, the problem being that, as Johnny rightly says, it's so fluid. Um, Players know where each other are going to be without even need to, without even needing to look up. This has been a tried and trusted system with players dropping in and out, kind of midfield predominantly. But everyone knows their roles intrinsically, inside out. Um, they don't even need to think about what they're doing now. Um, so when you switch to, to a formation like that, and particularly when you're bringing a new player like Jada in, that it's it's never going to be as fluid as when you throw the regulars out in that standard 4-3-3 formation, is it? And it showed on the pitch. Well, yeah, uh, um, we we uh, proved the pudding and uh, the eating wasn't uh, wasn't as good as we had thought uh, beforehand. So, yeah, uh, it, it was proved uh, on the pitch. But um, we also talked about the fact that, that, um, that, that teams were adapting to our style to to our 4-3-3 and um, uh, in that sense I, I can understand uh, the need to to um, to be uh, less predictable and to try uh, other things and 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 I, I was enthusiastic about uh, Diogo Jota and and I didn't want to drop uh, any of the front three so I could I could understand why uh, Klopp and his team didn't want to and, and, and wanted to try if, if they could uh, fit all four of them uh, uh, in, into that team, but but it it didn't look um, um, the way we we wanted it to, to look, and uh, and 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 uh, he I don't I don't think we, we are doing him a service uh, 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 by playing him in a position that that isn't his his best position. You know, his best position is 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 Sadio Mane's best position. Um, then again, Sadio's Mane's best position was uh, uh, right uh, at the right side uh, before Salah came in. So th- there, there are some possibilities there, but I don't think we have uh, we have uh, the four-two-three-one is is the the way to go if um, uh, if you want to fit in Diogo Jota. I, I, I'm, but I'm, at the same time, I don't know what is um, what would be the best um, um, setup because. Uh, I have to say that I'm not convinced uh, about uh, uh, about Minamino in the in the in the Firmino Firmino spot, um, and uh, and probably this will get better if we uh, we get uh, Thiago Alcantara in there, and uh, he, he would probably be a better fit for the for the for the two more defensive midfielders in the four-two-three-one, but. Uh, uh, I don't know yet, so um, it, 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 it's, it, it, I, I can understand the need to, to diversify, um, and at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I, I am also yearning back to the days that we were maybe not unpredictable, but were so formidable that, that no one could touch us anyhow, and, and we weren't against Sheffield United, it, it, was, it wasn't our best showing, and, and especially after the uh, the penalty, um, we were clearly rattled by it, and uh, this is also not something that I'm used to seeing from uh, Liverpool. 
so yeah but it's 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 very strange you know um, no no crowd to cheer you on no crowd to to boo you um um you know it, it's a very strange very very um uh, i was happy that football restarted but i can't say it's it's the same thing uh, and i think it it doesn't only affect me but it also also affects the players yeah that that's all fair Beryl. that's all fair you know however chief in the second half against Sheffield United there, there were improvements and, and the players maybe seemed to, to get the grips with the the tweaks of the system a little bit more and um we get the goal before half time which I think we really needed the goal before half time. Um, that deflates them going in at the half, um, and we come out and we move a bit more intent and a bit more intensity and a bit more quality all round. And Bobby gets the goal, the glorious cross from from Henderson. Manny should probably score. Um, we're probably looking at it going if there's the other fella who they had last season in nets, then he probably doesn't pan it, pan it down into Firmino's path right in the middle of the, the, the goal. But there's some flashes of real quality in the second half. Um, no more so than, than the goal Jota scores and, and Salah's glorious, glorious disallowed goal. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Um, we are, we do get better. I mean, we get better as the half goes on. I think, I think everything has to be viewed in the context of of the penalty, um, especially given the the background of of coming into the game with with no Van Dijk, uh, with all eyes being on the centre back pairing, and and with Fabinho being being the one to have it, you know, being a judge to have committed the the offence. Um, I don't want to go in. There's no point really in going in for me. It's it's not on the line anyway. The ball's outside the box, and I don't understand why. It's got something to do with the players' foot being on the edge, the very edge of the box. Whenever the goalkeeper can can sort of stand outside the box, but hold the ball inside the box and, and not be carrying it outside. So, so yeah, I mean, it's all a bit bit ballsy to me. They sort of look for a way to. For me, they look for a way to. Yeah, this yeah this rule where it, it's. I, I, I'm going to be really honest. I, I'm losing track of fucking the rules of football. I think, they, I think I'm going to be really honest. I think they just make them up to, as they go along. I didn't I didn't realise that if, if if the foul was committed on the line, it was a penalty. Because I, can, I could probably go back five, maybe three, four, five, ten, fifteen years and show you a, a variety of different examples where there have been free kicks right on the line of the box given. The ball yeah, I mean, that's been think, placed on the line of the box and it's been a free kick. I think the absolutely on the line thing or, or clearly on the line thing, I think it sort of is a thing. I've, I've heard it before. But, I mean, the ball there and the freeze frame is clearly outside the box. To me, he makes contact with the ball as much as with the foot. The foot is where the ball is. It's it's not it's not on the line. But, but anyway, it is what it is. It's not even a foul, as it has been, has been mentioned. So... So the worst, the, the the worst possible start is what I'm getting at. Like, I mean, it's the worst possible start. So we we get off right, as you said, we, we create that chance. It looks like we're going to take the lead after about three minutes with our first attack. That doesn't quite work out. 
And then five minutes later, we've conceded a, a penalty. Our, our standing, well, our new centre-back has conceded it. It seems really harsh. And I think the heads go a little bit, not 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 completely, but I think the heads go down a little bit. And, you know, you add that in to playing the, the new system, which I think, I think there are several things about it. First of all, Klopp references it and says he's done it to, to give them something to think about because they've had... Um, Sheffield United have had a week to prepare for Liverpool and Liverpool haven't even had a training session to prepare for Sheffield United. They've just been doing recovery sessions. So he makes a point of, of saying that that's why he's done it. Secondly, there, there, there are issues in the midfield at the moment, aren't there? As you mentioned, Thiago's not fit. Kaida's not fit. So it's, it's, it's difficult to put, obviously, Oxlade Chamberlain's not fit and, and the list goes on. It's, it's difficult to put out a 4-3-3. At the moment, it's it's probably easier for for Klopp to put be putting out a four two three one, especially with the number of games. So there's a bit of getting used to that as well. Um, but as you rightly say, uh, we did start to get the grips with things, and at no point did I think Liverpool aren't going to win this game. And yet again, you know, we we come back just before half time. We love a goal before half time. It's really important for Bobby to, to score, but it's a goal. It's, it's a goal we've seen Liverpool score many times, where Jordan Henderson's just quickened the tempo with the with the pass, with the cross, just made the goal basically. Mane probably should score. It's a good save, I think, but um, in stretching so far, as you say, he palms it back in the into the middle of the goal. He almost dives past it a little bit. And uh, Bobby Firmino just taps it in. So it's a good goal for him to be scoring. And actually, he should have scored another one a little bit similar tonight. Not not on a rebound, but he had a he had a pretty much an empty net from from eight yards and and skied it. Um, but it was good for for him to do that. And we've grinded out. Um, you know, from from the point that we go one one, we're definitely going two one. From the point we go two one, yeah, they had one or two chances, but we were never gonna. We were never going to concede, not with Allison back there, not with not with Henderson on the pitch. Just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't brilliant, but we did exactly what we needed to do. We got the points. Playing Sheffield United is is never easy, um, and and given the trauma that Liverpool have, have been put through in the in the last little while, uh, it was a, it was a good result in the end. Yeah, I, I, I can't I can't disagree with anything there, Johnny. It's <sighs> I mentioned to you the other day when we were chatting that these games after Champions League games and Champions League games come thick and fast. I don't think there's a gap between is there a, is there a week where we don't have Champions League games right up until the group games are finished. These league games after Champions League games are going to be particularly difficult, especially as um, a lot of the teams that are going to be playing won't have that as Sheffield United did during the week. Um, they'll have the extra rest, they'll have the extra training sessions, they'll have the extra video sessions, etc. But is it a matter of just literally just getting results at the moment? Just go out and get the result in whatever fashion that we can. See ourselves through this period of time where it's essentially constantly three games in seven, eight days um, until we can get out of this Champions League group phase and move ourselves into something which is a bit more manageable and also a bit more on par with what other teams in the league are having to cope with week in, week out. Because European teams are at a significant disadvantage, even more of a disadvantage 
this season than they would normally be? Listen, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think sometimes we're so used to watching Liverpool and you know the fluidity and all the great football and that, and, but we're in this weird, weird environment now where. You know, football stopped for months and months in March, got back going. We were just relieved that it came back so we could play out the games and make sure we got the, the league title. And then pre-season, you know, no pre-season really. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been straight into it. You look at every team, every team is suffering with with muscle injuries. It's a strange atmosphere in the stadiums. It's it's Everything about it's weird. And I agree, you're absolutely right. It's in this period where, and you mentioned it about uh, Klopp and, you know, teams that are playing Liverpool, you know, we you can be sure, same as Sheffield United, you know, last weekend, West Ham will be the same. You know, they'll just be sitting, working through drills and set pieces for wh- how, they can, how they can hurt us. Whereas Liverpool are just literally another game get it done, get it dusted, get back, finish, get your recovery sessions, maybe one day to work on a little bit of stuff and straight into it again. So you're absolutely, it, it's just getting over the line. And I think it's going to be like that. You, you mentioned it there too, early December when we play the last Champions League group game, get through that, get through December. It's going to be a weird Christmas period anyway without supporters in the ground. You know, that's, I, I think that's where we'll really... Notice that the football is is not back in any way, shape, or form normal. And um, as, as as those games and get into January, and as you say, an even playing field there. You know, utilize the squad as much as possible. It is just about getting over the line. I mean, we'd all love to. You know, we'd love to be blowing teams away. We'd love to be watching great football and just easing through games. Um, but that's not where we're at. And in fairness, you look around, and there's no one like that. City, who we consider the big rivals, they're the same. They're they're struggling. They're getting, you know, they're dropping points. They drop points at Leeds. They drop points away again at West Ham. They're not clicking into gear. They're struggling with the pace of it all. So, yeah, every win, every three points you can eke out is is huge. And we've just got to keep that going. Try and get some of these players back, get more bodies uh, fit, and then push on from there. But it's a slog right now. There's no, there's, there's, there's no question about it. It's all about the result, and that's it. Yeah, um, Beryl, Johnny often mentions the point, and he mentioned it last week that the Klopp is is very much a pragmatist, and you know we associate him and and more so the the press associate him with this inverted commas heavy metal football, which in reality we probably haven't seen for two years. We've seen a team that's far more methodical, has the majority of possession of the football, um, and will work and work and work to grind a result out. With that in mind, are we? Is this literally a case of between now and and probably the new year, given the results that are happening around us? Um, you know, crazy results everywhere. City, city. What is it, 24 20, 2 or something in their last five visits to West Ham before before this week? And somehow they, they get a they get a 1 1 draw. And to be fair, they're lucky to get a 1 1 draw. But do we just kind of need to stay in touch between now and the new year? 
Last year we were, we, you know, last year by Christmas, let's be honest, we we it was pretty much one. We'd, we'd zipped ahead of everybody else by the new year, and you know we, we worked into Leicester um, New Year's Day or whatever it was, or Boxing Day, but we, we can't remember. Um, but after that result, it was done. It was probably done after City, even before then, and in, in, you know late November, early December. But do we just need to stay in touch? until the fixtures ease and we kind of settle down into a bit of a rhythm and a pattern is that what you, is that what you foresee uh, well I, I can be really short in this answer but uh, yes uh, that's you know what you said what Johnny before me said is uh, is exactly what what's what's happening it, uh, it's it's going to be an attritional war <laughs> um, you know if, if you want to um, use that metaphor and um, and you need you need to be pragmatic uh, pragmatistic about about this because th- this is uh, in in some ways it's uncharted territory because we don't know what will happen if you play this many games in 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 such a uh, short amount of time and and nobody uh, not the FA not the not the national leagues uh, national FAs uh, not um, the EFL, etc. Uh, no one wants to give up one tournament uh, to or or even a game. Well, yeah, you could say uh, they they've uh, scrapped the uh, the, the two tier, um, the two legged uh, uh, semi finals and final uh, of the uh, the league uh, cup. But you know, who needs a league cup to to get back to back on track? It's it's uh, it, it is going to be a, a very uh, attritional affair and uh, and. We, we we weren't built for that, and we have tried to uh, to to get some players in to to be um, um, to to have some uh, options to to do what we did uh, tonight, um, not play our our front three or you know not play a, um, and you, you can't play players that are uh, injured, so you you need to rotate anyhow. I think the best thing we can do is not just get points on the board, and, and because you know the other play, the other teams are aren't uh, are made for this uh, this kind of football as well. But there are some managers uh, who who will probably thrive in this in this context. I, I'm thinking of Mourinho, you know, who makes everything an attritional war uh, if he can, and and. Um, he, he was being found out, and people was were saying me as well um, that uh, that he was found out, and then he was he was outdated. But you know, this brings him right back into vogue because this is exactly what he wants: just win games, and nobody moans about how you win games, and and we shouldn't uh, uh, moan. And I, I was moaning before. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, I don't think we can expect. Anyone, um, even uh, Liverpool, to be to be uh, uh, to, to to win every game, even beautifully, and and to entertain us, because you know it, it's it's every three game days we have a game, and and they are all they're all meaningful, and and uh, and people are uh, uh, players are dropping like flies. Uh, every team has lots of injuries, uh, and 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 so yeah, th- there is no other way than than to be a pragmatist about this and and just get points on the board and see where you are at at you know come come January, come February, and uh, and hopefully we are uh, 
there or thereabouts, as they say. Yeah, Chief Beryl makes a couple of good points there. Um, we're up against it at the moment. Um, we'll we'll move to the, the Fabinho injury, but I don't want to just settle on that at the moment. We can throw that in with, with Virgil. We can throw that in with the, the VAR decisions that keep on going against us. Um, but are we going to have to essentially harness, harness our inner Mourinho, if you will, and develop some sort of siege mentality in order to get us through this period because you know on the face of it there's not much more that could go wrong at the minute you know we're sitting relatively handily it, it it's it's worth saying that this is our, this is our best ever start to champion the group stage under Klopp um and he hasn't performed too badly in the Champions League so far um we're what Second in the table on goal difference. I know Villa have a game in hand, but you know if you look at the face of it and if you just look at the numbers, we're we're okay. We you know we're handily placed, but are we are we going to have to dig deep and are we going to have to literally batten down the hatches and just look around us and go, do you know what the world's against us here and we're going to just have to gonna have we're going to have to go out there and stick two fingers up up to everybody and tell them to go and fuck themselves? Absolutely, but I don't think that's any different than any other year. I mean, I, I really don't. I think. Generally, despite the, the press to the contrary, um, we don't really get the rub of the green very often. And to have VAR now backing these decisions up or making them for the referees is, is just another another thing to, to go along with. Yeah, the Virgil in, injury is, is, is obviously massive. But, you know, this team has its own siege mentality. I mean, it, it has its own its own way of... of just finding a way to, to, to get results, to win games. They, Do you not think this is different than any other year? Because before, you know, we, we I know people say we, we didn't have injuries and we did, but. No, you know, we that's, just na- that's just narrative for me. That's all narrative. All of it, all created by, by the media who decide when something, sh- you know. When like tonight, all of the all like oh we should have battered Midtjylland the whole way through the game. They're just talking about oh this is harder for Liverpool than we thought. Well, you were the only ones saying that it would be easy, and now Liverpool are crap because they've only won two 0 because you said it would be easy. No, that's not the reality here. That's just some shit you've made up. But anyway, I just I I, I understand that the Virgil injury is, is is huge, but we've had injuries in the past. I mean, getting by 11 games at the start of last season, winning them all with Adrian, and that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, especially when you see his performances since. And, you know, again, we've, we've managed... Yeah, every given performance makes that look more and more impressive, doesn't it? Exactly. We've just... The narrative was that Liverpool have had it. And why was the narrative like that? Because Man City were wonderful. And Pep Guardiola was the greatest. And they're still the greatest. The greatest. And finally... Finally, people, the pundits are starting to get with the idea that Man City aren't that wonderful anymore. But like you're getting, you're getting people going, you know, you're getting pundits scratching their heads, really going, ah, oh, they're a shadow of the team they were, you know, and then sort of this has been coming and whatever. But they're not willing. To, last year they weren't willing to admit they were just like, oh well, City are still great, but you know, Liverpool are just doing something mad. But yeah, we did something mad, but City dropped off madly as well. So. I think at the end of the day, the way I'm 
the way I'm looking at this season at the moment, we are, of course, going to have to dig deep. And what everybody said, there's absolutely right. It's not going to be pretty because, you know, you mentioned Christmas football. Whenever you watch games at Christmas, it's great having them every few days. But by the end of that period, the games are shite because the, the players are absolutely knackered. And you'll you notice from betting and stuff, you know, if you do a few accumulators and that, the scores are always really mad by the end of that as well. So there's there's a bit of that this season and that that's basically every that's that's the whole season this time. Like you said, the games are every three days, pretty much the whole season. So that's that's obviously going to take its toll. But I think when you assess the clubs, when you assess the teams and you look at it now, Liverpool are far and away the, the favourites and far and away the best the best team and most handily placed with or without Virgil van Dijk. Um, we'll have to find a way to get through and I think we're already doing that. I mean, it's interesting that we were conceding at a rate of over two a game when Virgil was playing and our, you know that that's dropped <laughs> since he's been injured. Um, not I'm not saying that he's, he makes our defence worse, but I'm just saying that it has knock-on effects. And we maybe haven't been as fluid, but we've been tighter. We haven't conceded as many goals. So, yeah, we're, it's not going to be pretty. We're going to have to, we, we are going to have to get used to not such pretty football. But I'll tell you what, you mentioned at the start of this that that was maybe the worst game of football you'd ever seen. But I watched Man United Chelsea at the weekend, and Jesus, if you want to see a shite game of football, that was that was it. I'm going to be honest, I tried to watch it, but I did fall asleep on the sofa, yeah. and then I woke up and the missus had turned it over. Well, she did the right thing. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she saved me from that. It was fucking If horrendous. she hadn't had any sense, if she hadn't had any sense, she'd have left it on for when I woke up again and had fallen back off. Oh, <laughs> oh, dear. So, oh, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good shout. It is a good shout, Chief. Um, it is literally like a, a season of Christmas football and the quality is, is not going to be there. Um, and, and teams with, with, with the advantage of no European football getting knocked out of the cups early. If, if there was ever a season to bend off the FA Cup, it's this season. I would throw the fucking tea ladies and all out in, in, in the third, cup, third round of the FA Cup this year um, because we really, really don't need that. Johnny, We've put it off long enough. Mitchell in the night. It was pretty grim from start to finish. There was one piece of quality, one real piece of quality, which was which was the goal. Lovely little one-two. Trent played with Shakiri, beautiful reverse pass, and I was actually screaming for him to shoot, but it's not what he does. Just squares to Jota. Jota pops it in, and and there we go. And yeah, it, it, it's it's the one spark of enjoyment from the whole 94 minutes or whatever it was um but you know if we, we we could probably spend five or six seconds on on discussing the game if you wanted to but the bit the big issue the big issue is is the Fabinho injury and we spoke last week about the, we spoke last week about the main thing is now to keep him fit Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> and there we go. What's tw- 25 minutes in? Bang. See you later. So what's the solution? Where do we where do we go from here? <laughs> I'm glad Jurgen Klopp's the one charged with, with that one. 
Well, I think first of all, listen, on the game itself, there was there was two moments in the match and Trent's both of them. I think the one bright spark out of that game, I think Minamino, Origi, I think she carried an all right second half. Minamino, Origi, you know, they'll not be they'll not be happy. They got their chance. But I think it's you know, Trent did a couple of great things in that game, switched the ball, switched the play. I think it's worth calling him out because he had a hand in both the goals. You know, lovely one two for Jada, lovely ball through to Salah, wins a penalty. So, you know, he was the main creative force. We haven't won our first two Champions League games. We certainly haven't kept clean sheets in our first two Champions League games in a while. So all that's good. That's good. The points are on the board. Fabinho's it's a big problem. Listen, um, Van Dyke and Allison were the two players we always said, you know, we can't something happened them for a season. It would it would really hamper our chances of winning the big trophies. And I still I still think that. I get what she's saying that, you know, maybe with Virgil like then there was this collective sense of responsibility where people are like, Well, <clears throat> you know, we've got to protect the back four more, we've got to be a bit more conservative, I've no doubt. But I still think you get situations where teams like McBurney done at the weekend, like West Ham are gonna do with Antonio. It just gives teams this thing now where they know long balls, they wouldn't even consider them if Van Dyke was there. Because he'd mop them up, and I think that's over the ch- over a, a long season, our chances of winning the big prizes have dropped because he's out, and there's no getting away from that because he's the best centre back in the world. I think when you come to tonight's scenario um, with Fabinho, yeah, listen, it, it didn't look good, did it? It's one of those ones you you're thinking straight away. Best case, that's maybe three or four weeks, and in those three or four weeks, we've got Atlanta, we've got Man City, you know, we've got Man City before the break, and if we don't have, I think the only the only thing we can hope, Dave, is, and this feels like we're really clutching, but we want is Matip ready or not? Because it sounded like at Klopp's press conference, it sounded like pre-game press conference that, that he did, it sounded like him and Thiago were close, but they needed another couple of days. That's what I took from. from so what I'm hoping is, what I'm hoping is, he is fit, and they've just been ultra cautious with him because we are going to need him. We're going to need him. We're going to need Matip versus West Ham. We're going to need him most certainly uh, for Atlanta, and then Man City, that big one. You know that 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 big game before the international break. Uh, you know, if we were going into that, we Gomez is our only recognised centre back against Man City. Regardless of the fact Aguero's going to be out for a month because he's done his hamstring, um, that would be a concern. So uh, there isn't really. I mean, you, you know, Reese Klopp's thrown hit Williams, you know, in there, and he and he done all right tonight. He didn't put a foot wrong. I don't think their quality was great in the final third, but you know, I think we're just now basically down to hoping we're resting on the fitness of uh, Joe Matip and Joe Gomez, and that's a bit. That does make me nervous. I can't get o- away from that. You know, I think we're, we're, we're sort of looking to wing it a bit now. And that's, it's not great. You know, um, it's a concern. It's definitely a big concern. Yeah, it, it is a concern. Um, they're all the, I'm going to come back to this shape again. And, and Johnny, again, calls it a good point there. Um, Trent was the creative, the creative force. Um, 
and has certainly looked sharper in the la- in the last two games. But on the other hand, Robertson seems to have been inhibited by that shape that we've been playing in that formation. And I think that's down to the fact that Trent can be far more productive from a deeper position. He doesn't need to be bombing up and down. In fact, it's not even this game to be bombing up and down the wing. Whereas if Robbo doesn't have that cover from predominantly as it would be when Alvin to allow him to get up and down uh, and get to the byline, it causes us issues out that left-hand side. And that may have a knock-on effect on Mane and how productive he's going to be because he's not going to have someone creating that overlap. He's not going to have someone taking defenders away and making the space for him. So in moving forward, is is there a way, do you think, we can find to move back to a 4-3-3 more predominantly um, if we can get Thiago back in the team, if we can get... Oh, Nabi Keita fit. And you know what? I'm just absolutely sick to the back teeth of having this debate about Nabi Keita um, being fit or not. But again, it's it's a bit of a conundrum as to what, what we're going to do because it seems at the minute now, no matter what we do, there's, there's going to be some sort of knock-on effect in a negative fashion to the way that we're generally best at playing, um, it's it's bound to be. It's uh, we, we can't play our eleven best players um, uh, at this point. So you know, we wouldn't it, be uh, able to do it. We wouldn't be able to do it week in week out anyway. The way the games are coming thick and fast, you yeah, know. So it's four, it's four two three one something we're going to see more so than ever before. You know, I wasn't encouraged by <laughs> what I saw the last two games. So. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was uh, Klopp's favorite system at Dortmund, so uh, and probably he had the players for it, and he had these uh, um, backs, uh, um, wing backs, uh, full backs, uh, bombing up uh, the pitch. And, and you're absolutely right. Uh, he, before you made the point, I I, I had a, uh, made a men- mental note to, to to make that point. But yes, and uh, um, Trent and and uh, Robbo have very different styles. And they are um, being um, talked about as if they do the same thing, but they absolutely don't. And, and you're absolutely right that that um, uh, the, the 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 pass passes uh, the the the, the uh, that that trend is is able to make allow him to 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 make crosses or, 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 you know, change the game from a very, uh, from a deeper position. And, and he doesn't have to bump up the, the pitch and doesn't get to, uh, to the goal line to, to make his, uh, to make his crosses. And, and, and Robo does that. And this makes us more unpredictable because, you know, there is a different task on left and on, on the right for the opposition. Um, and 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 you're also right that the four two three one means that um, you can't go um, to the to the goal line as as a back uh, before you're absolutely sure that uh, one of those two midfielders that are sitting deep uh, have have uh, have checked your your back. Um, but uh, there are different options, and uh, I, I would think that. Um, that that 
and these are options that uh, that Klopp and his team are thinking about. But you know, you could think of a of a three, uh, four, three, and 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 this would allow <laughs> this would allow us uh, our our wingbacks to to play um, more freely. But at the same time, you would need three central defenders. But uh, I seem to remember a game against West Ham uh, away in which um, Emre Can and Wijnaldum were playing uh, centre-back, you know, and, and they, they weren't centre-backs, but they, they were, that was the nominal position. So it, it's all about how you, um, uh, how you fill in the positions, because um, to, uh, to, to use another cliche, you, you just play with 11 players, and, and it's, it's about how they position themselves when we have the ball and we don't have the ball. Uh, so there are different options. I, I, I don't think the 4-2-3-1 uh, did us uh, a service or better better said, it, it did us a disservice. Um, but uh, and at the same time, it's, and this was what we, talk, what we were talking about before, uh, we just need to deal with the circumstances and, and this could mean that you know, if if you have 11 players that are fit enough to play, uh, nominally play for for uh, 80, 90 minutes, uh, and and you, and you can form a, a first 11, then you maybe you should be happy and 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 look at what's the best uh, setup for them. So yeah, uh, again, we need to be pragmatistic about this. Or pragmatic about this uh, is a better word. Um, and uh, we will need to see. Uh, what fits best because Hendo could only play for one half this uh, game. Probably Genie could only play for one half because you know when he came on he was he really elevated us. I think he was his uh, his his role was was essential for us winning uh, uh, this night. Um, uh, so I would like to see him play, but I'm probably. Uh, even uh, even he and and he he's a very very fit player. Um, uh, he, he doesn't have many injuries and he when he plays he can play 90 minutes generally. Um, he, he even he can't play uh, every three days for 90 minutes. So we we will just need to do the best with the players that are av- available. And I don't think we need to we can be uh, rigid or um, inflexible uh, about systems or uh, about how to play. Uh, we will need to look at what we have and, you know, try to get the points on the board. It's not a romantic message, but that's it, I think. Yeah, it's all, it's all we've got at the moment, isn't it? Chiefs, the 4 2 3 one, like I said, there's not a lot of time to coach up in the training ground, but surely at least these last two games will have given Klopp some sort of, at least something to analyse and something to bring back into the video sessions to, to try and work on. And if there's one positive to take out of that system, it's, it is something that allows you to get Shakiri into the team. And, it might be that you find you see Shakiri a lot more than you did last season. Um, and this might be a, a way to accommodate that because he does have that quality where he can unlock a defence like like we saw tonight. He can he can strike from distance. Um, 
but you've also got the concern that he doesn't have the intensity and the energy to get around the pitch. Some of the other guys do. He's a little bit flimsy and weak in the tackle, which we saw again tonight, but with that comes the benefit of his, his ingenuity at the top end of the pitch. Shakiri was was well he is an interesting player. I'll tell you what what I noticed and I'm sure everyone else did as well. He's he's much, much leaner, much trimmer. Um he put in a real shift by the end. He I mean there's a point I think about what was it, about seventy five maybe, where um he makes a mistake and puts in a puts in a tired effort to, to sort of make up for it and then starts blowing, basically doubled over. But he gets I mean he, he, he Gets a second win, then he plays away there. He's integral in the goal. He's, um, I mean, he's, he's really, and he almost sets, he almost sets Salah up with another piece of um, really cool, uh, quick feet. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's a player that uh, <coughs> he had almost dropped dropped off the radar, what with injury problems and. And kind of debates about whether whether he was just not fancied by Klopp or whether it was fitness or, but um, I mean he started the, the both the Champions League games hasn't he and um, he's done well in in each of them um, and he could be you know very important going on through the season because you know harking back to the number of games and the the way they come thick and fast so yeah I think he's you know all credit to him because I think he's really worked his hold off to, to sort of get himself in shape and keep his fitness and, and hopefully he can um, because it is another player in there with, with that little bit of magic with that little bit of creativity who can completely unlock a defence just sort of on a sixpence out of nothing and of course he's got the, the set piece um, ability as well which is which is sensational so um so yeah, a very a very interesting player to be coming back into into contention uh, you know in in general. Um so it's one of them where with all the with all the caveats in the world um and everything sort of sort of going on, you just have to kind of keep your head down and and and, and try to find solutions as best you can and and the more players that are useful in that situation, the better, and he's uh, he's proving himself to be that. So yeah, we'll, we'll see it as, as things go on. I mean, four two three one and and all that kind of. I mean, again, it's 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 making the best use of of, of options. It's you know maybe when when more midfielders are available, when our full quota is available again, um, you probably won't see it that often. But at a time where a lot of them are out injured. Only needing two in there is is helpful. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a, a season where the, the teams who can adapt the best and make the best of of what they've got in the circumstances will will come out on top. And that's why I'm I'm not so so panicked. Of course, losing somebody like Van Dyke or not even like Van Dyke, losing Van Dyke is is it is massive. But the solutions are there in the squad, and and January is there. And um, this team, this this team, the side has shown itself to be probably the most resilient side you can think of. I mean, they've come back from from losing a Champions League final to go on and, and win the Champions League. They've come back from losing a, a season, a Premier League title by one point, to come back and and blow their rivals out of the water. 
they can find their critics at every turn and you know the media tries to find new obstacles to, to lay in their way continually and continuously um, and find some way to sort of take the shine off of just how good they are but they are that good and you know we can go on and and hopefully be celebrating another title at the end albeit uh, having cleared cleared the hurdles Johnny it's it's a rare commodity at the moment that we've now got four days until, until our next game <laughs> four, <laughs> four, four days isn't it just like a holiday for these guys right now? Um, we could work on set pieces for a day. <laughs> we, could, we could maybe go to the spa or something together. Um, go and check out the new training ground. Um, so it's West Ham on Saturday, half five. Um, it's another home game, which we, we can't be unhappy about. Um, bar, you know, performances aside... It's a three wins in, in the bounce, and um, it's no goals conceded from open play. But West Ham are a team with a bit of form. Um, albeit we talked before we started recording that the, the big bonus for us on on Saturday there was watching Antonio hobble off. Um, he has been a constant thorn in our side for West Ham over the last number of years. But what what sort of what sort of side? do you see because I can imagine that knowing boys one or two things is probably going to happen you've got Haller and Carroll as the two nominal replacement centre forwards that yeah. just suits him down to the ground and he's the other the other new Fellaini the, the Suchek fella who he decides to play turn the left wing back and then chuck him up front for the last kind of 20 minutes when things aren't going his way. So this is going to be a real test. We've talked about attrition before, but if ever there was an attritional game, it's going to be this one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it'll be, it'll be an attritional game. I think, I think for me, from our side of it, it's, it's, it's just really, I, I'm placing a lot of hope in what Klopp said in the press conference that, Tiago and Mata were just a wee bit short for the game tonight. And he expected them. I took it that he expected them. And I think if Matt, if, if Mata and Tiago were back in, if they're back in, I'd feel very, very confident because it would give us that aerial presence. I think it would just calm everything. I always think even when Van Dyke's playing, I Mata, I think, just gives you this this calmness. And he's a big presence. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's good in the air and stuff. So I think from our perspective, those two are in. Suddenly it feels like, all right, we don't have Virgil. And that's going to be a problem until the day Virgil comes back because he's brilliant. But it gives us a feeling of a pretty strong spine again. And just bolsters the midfield, which has just felt a wee bit tight. And I think... Antonio's a big one because he's yeah he's the type of physical big player that he's making drink to Van Dyke but you could see him maybe causing Gomez uh, a problem or two but but at the same time if he's if he's not fit and they do go with Haller they do with Car- or they go with Carroll actually the high line that we play would suit that because you know you're not worried about them you know running in running in behind in fact there's a big argument that with Haller and Carroll the further away you keep them from goal the less 
less threat that they are. So it will be it will be an exceptional game. But you know the front three got their rest. They they got their rest tonight. They they should all be ready to to go. Hando got his rest. He'll play. Hopefully Tiago will play. So we should be able to put out pretty much bar Virgil. Um, pretty much bar him. That a uh, full strength team. Um, and I just think the interesting one now is Jada. I mean, we've seen that he hasn't broken up the, the you know, the three up front, the, the three that we've had for years. It's, I think Jota must be close to pushing Firmino for that middle slot um, because he's just providing the goal threat. And again, Bobby was a little bit, could have scored tonight. But yeah, listen, it'll, it, it'll be a tricky game. But nonetheless, it's a game I, I fully expect this, fully expect this to win um, because it's us at home. And I think that, you know, We'll have enough to get over the line, and Moyes has a terrible record against us generally, anyway, and especially at Anfield. So, yeah, listen, it's it's a good time to have a, a home game like this. I, I think difficult enough opponents, but I I think we'll take the three points, and then it'll be all about Atlanta and and City, two big big games then before the before the break. Yeah, Beryl John is an interesting one. Um, we've we've now seen him play. If we take the last kind of what half an hour of tonight, um, we've seen him play left, right, and through the middle. Um, but he's really hit the ground running. That's that's three goals already. Um, he he finds space. He finds the right position to be in. Um, if if we're looking at a potential in and out in that front three. Do you think Johnny's right? Do you think it, it could be Bobby for Jota? Because at the minute now, it's 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 difficult to say. It's difficult to leave avoid at the minute, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Well. Um, yes. Uh, I I am hugely impressed by by his start. Um, I, I like his intensity. I like his work rate. Um, uh, I like his drive to goal, uh, which which sometimes reminds me of of um, of Suarez, Luis Suarez, um, without you know um, some of the the baggage that Luis Suarez had and and wasn't uh, very helpful for the team. Uh, I know what you mean. The head the head down, head down, bundling through tackles, direct driving towards yeah. the, driving towards the net. And, and 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 taking on on dribbles and 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 where you think yeah you, why did you go for the dribble there you 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 can't get past that and then he gets past it and um and he he's looking to shoot and and all of this reminds me a bit of Luis Suarez but uh, and uh, you know I, again I hope uh, all the baggage uh, that Luis Suarez also brought uh, isn't included in that package but. Um, when uh, Bobby Firmino came on against Michelin, you, you saw um, uh, the good and the bad uh, of, of Bobby Firmino. Uh, the good was uh, when he was on and, and, uh, and granted uh, both uh, Sadio and, uh, and Mo were also on, but um, our pressing game from the start was uh, fr- from, the, from the front was in shape um, uh, you know, immediately. Um, they know how to to position themselves to make uh, life very difficult for a team that wants to 
to build up from the back and uh, and he, he did that very good I think very well sorry for my English but um, but the bad was you know being presented with with the, with the glorious chance uh, and you know blasting it over the top of the the goa he should have buried that uh, easily um so yeah th- there is a chance that that uh, that Kloppo also thinks that that, that Diogo Jota deserves a chance but uh, as i said before i think his best position is Sadio Mane's position and and he is he is very good but he's nowhere near Sadio Mane um, and then you would have to um, put Sadio Mane in a different position which is also possible you could put Salah in the middle you could put Sadio Mane in the middle I'm not sure uh, Klopp is ready for that um, because, uh, as you mentioned before, also um, this uh, uh, this this strange season doesn't give us the chance to to work on shape and to work on uh, cooperation between between team players and and the front three that we have had for the last uh, two seasons uh, know how to to play with each other and and Diogo Jota still needs to learn how to play with these uh, with these players so he, he might go um uh, again being pragmatic go for the front three as we know it and uh, have uh, have Diogo Jota as as a as a very good uh, impact sub and you know that might be fruitful as well um uh yeah uh, and i think west ham will be attritional <laughs> and, and maybe uh, just bringing him on, bringing him on, could could provide uh, an an extra edge to us and, and and help us win the game. Yeah, it's a great option to have on the bench, Burrell, Absolutely, Chief. The last the last thing before we go, um, I think Johnny's absolutely spot on when he says that keeping West Ham as far away from our goal as possible is is going to be key, it's, and that's going to be. Relevant for a lot of teams, you know, so Burnley out there, for example, you know, we saw it with Sheffield United and with McBurney. Um, But at the core of all that, I feel, is Thiago and the ability to keep players away from our boxes, the ability to retain possession. And he, I think, more so than anybody else, is going to be key in allowing us to do that, allowing us to not necessarily defend well, but keep players and teams away from the danger zone simply by starving them of the football. And he could be in a roundabout way an answer to this problem that we're having at centre-half at the minute. He could be. I mean, you know, we have suffered quite badly with injuries at the start of this season. So obviously there's the, the big one. Big one to Van Dyke. Uh, Allison was out for a couple of games. Um, uh, we've had Thiago put out. He had COVID, and then he got done by Richardson. Um, so it's it's been really stop start, to be fair, and um, it's been difficult to get any any kind of rhythm going. But if we could just get him back and and not have anyone try to take his ankle off for the next few weeks and just keep him in the side. I think he could absolutely be key. Because I think a Liverpool side with Thiago in it and uh, settled and, and used to playing with him is um, 
it's going to be a completely different proposition. The way we'll control the ball, the way we'll dictate the play. Um, there'll be much less of the kind of um, people looking around at each other for for five ten minutes, maybe after after the penalty there, the other the other night. So I just think having somebody, well, having not having Thiago, having him there, that experience, that quality. And the respect that he has from from the dressing room already um, may, will make a massive difference to any team, and, and particularly one that that just needs to keep things steady for the next little while and just quiet and quieten people down a little bit. Just just remind them of of the realities rather than the hype for a little while. Just 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 remind people who the champions are and and how normal service actually looks and, and that things aren't actually that different, hopefully, um, from last season. Yeah. Because Pep's got away, Pep's got away with it for years by, let's be fair, not having great centre halves, but he's managed to, managed to keep clean sheets and, and win trophies by just not allowing the opposition to have a football. And he gives us a massive advantage in being able to do that and protect the, let's be honest, threadbare centre-half situation that we have at the moment just by not allowing the other team to have the ball. No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, when the, when the other team doesn't have the ball, they they, they can't hurt you. And, and you know, um, it's, a, it's a great option for us to have. And I think it's one of the main reasons that um, Thiago was signed because obviously we're going into this season sort of knowing that we were a little bit short at centre-back. Um, obviously, nobody expected, least of all the manager, to to lose the linchpin of or the bedrock of that of that um, partnership um, for the whole season. But even even that even without that, um, there was a lot of talk going into the season. Will we sign a centre back? Are we leaving ourselves short? Lovren's gone, etc., etc. So, I think the sign of Thiago was was very much with the idea of, of making that less of a priority, both through allowing Fabinho to drop in there, but also through allowing us to have more of the ball and more control of games. Um, so, yeah, it, it, he's going to be massive. A player of his quality always will be, and the quicker we can get all our um, less severely injured players back, the, the better. All right, so on to West Ham. Um, prediction, Chief? Difficult one. I was trying to see if Antonio was gonna is gonna be fit. It's still sort of seems seems unclear at this point. It and looked the, like a hamstring to me, so I, I just can't imagine that he's going to be available for this game. Yeah, he was he was meant to be getting scanned yesterday, but I haven't heard, I haven't been able to find anything on the results of the scan. Um, but yeah, apparently I was reading that he'd been taken off in the previous game as well, and. That he thinks it was just strains, but they're not so sure because it seems to be recurring. So hopefully it is, or not strains, sorry, cramps. So hopefully, you know, not not to be not to be harsh, but hopefully he misses this game anyway because I really couldn't be bothered with Reese Williams um, having to having to face up against having to face up against Michael Antonio. I mean, who do we think it'll be in there? I mean, Joe Maddock might be back fit if he is back fit. Then you know, then then that. Also, you know, changes things a little bit, but it's going to be a tough game. But I would, I would be with Johnny. I'd say we'll win it two-one. Uh, Why not? Okay, cool, Johnny. 
Yeah, I'm. I was going to say two one. Just at the minute, I just I'm not that confident in clean sheets. Um, but maybe three one. I'm actually going to go with a go with a three one. Uh, with Salah to get a couple. I think he he was unlucky not to score. So yeah, why not three one? All right, good enough, Beryl. Yeah, um, clean sheets are overrated anyhow. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, the one on uh, on our <laughs> our half uh, is okay. I, uh, two one three one could could be both, but um, considering how we have fared until so far, I think uh, two one is a more uh, realistic uh, prediction. But yeah, we'll win two one. Yeah. Okay, good enough. I'm gonna go two 0 I love clean sheets. I want more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, lads, thanks for joining me. Um, and until after West Ham, uh, up up the one centre half Reds. Yeah.